that I had the golden opportunity to really and truly find myself, to redefine who I was, to uncover my purpose in life, what I'm passionate about, and then really put that into play. And all of that has taken an immense amount of courage. And some days I would even say um, shifting from lost confidence to a level of certainty which I never had before. Hello and welcome to Brilliant Misfits, talks with women who are the renegades, the creatives, the entrepreneurs, the artists who didn't fit in and how they've turned it around by courageously following the beat of their own heart. We'll be discussing all things creative, mindful and artful to inspire you to do it your way and be brilliant with your host, Aisha Kennedy. Hello everyone, welcome. My name's Aisha, your host. I'm really excited to be here today with another wonderful, brilliant misfit. I'm so grateful for you tuning in. And if you like the show, please subscribe and give it a review. And if you'd like to keep the conversation going, you can come to my private Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits. And for all things creative and mindful creative living, come to my website. There's a few offerings there, www. AsiaKennedy.com. So I'm going to jump right in and introduce you to my wonderful guest today. Her name is Brenda Siosis, and she's a transformational business and mindset strategist, a potentialist, and she's the founder of Let Courage Bloom Initiative, which is an empowerment program for women in business. So welcome, Brenda. Welcome. Well, I'm so pleased to be here. This is, I almost welcomed you. But thank you. <laughs> yes, we can welcome each other. I love that. <laughs> thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. Now, I love that there's two words that I love, and one of them is courage, and one of them is bloom. And you've got this wonderful um, program initiative called Let Courage Bloom. Now, why did you put those words together? I'm really curious. It's, um, it's a beautiful phrase. It is. And I think it came about because um, a couple of years ago, I must tell you, things really shifted for me in my life and in my business. And I started bringing in a much more spiritual component into my business because I think that's just who I am. And it's always being a part of me. But I've always used to separate the two. And um, the, the whole courage thing became very important to me because I found so many women online who were out there and putting themselves out there. And I realized it took a lot of courage to be able to be more visible online and to really put your true self, your true soul out there for everybody to see. And so with, with, with the thought of how do we go about stepping into that courage, that courageous spot, how do we take courageous um, action into everything we do, I found that letting courage bloom by just letting it come up by itself and then realizing that you are feeling courageous is the perfect way to go. And um, well, for me, my whole journey has been um, one of courage and stepping out and redefining who I am and actually learning to love myself, accept myself as who I, as you know, as as who I am, and that in itself, I believe, takes a huge amount of courage. But it isn't something that you just jump in and do. I think it takes time. It's like a little seed mm. that gets planted, mm. and then you nurture it. And every single day, something um, new gets added 
to it and you you do things just to let you know to keep that seed alive and growing and then suddenly one day you see it sticking up through the soil and that whatever it is that you have that nurtured all this time starts blooming and the blooms that come from it are not just for yourself but for everybody else as well so you actually mm. you actually start bearing the fruit of the things that you've been doing and nurturing all of this time. And that's where the name came from. I absolutely love the concept of allowing and letting courage bloom. Mm, I love that too. And um, I'm very much aligned in the same place as you. I think that everything I do, I've really come to this point in my life that whether it's business or even the simple little things that I do day to day, um, I really connect to the spiritual component in my life, my my bigger self, my greater self, however you describe it. There's something that is I feel operating and co-creating with me. So I never feel like I'm doing it. It's me that's doing it. It's my creation. But you take it into that other realm and something very magical happens. And, and um, I'm curious with you about how, what was there a transformational time that brought you into that uh, component? Did something happen in your life that was really a catalyst for you going down that path and finding your own courage to do what you do? Mm, I think there are quite a few moments in time, but um, two or three of them specifically stand out. And I think what happened was, um, I'll take you back to the first period and then um, you know, just tell you how I sort of like didn't didn't do what I was supposed to be doing because often we're just not obedient to the call. We sort of just mm. tend to want to do things in our own strength. And that was when I was around about 20 years old, I think. Look, I've always been I was always born and brought up in a, a spiritual Christian home. And but as a teenager, you know how teenagers are, you tend to just want to go off and do your own thing and you're career orientated, ambitious, mm. think you know it all, just you know, out there. And when I was 20, I fell pregnant and um wasn't married at the stage but I was um, engaged to the father of my um, of my son and um, three days before my wedding um, which was supposed to be on the 29th of July on my 21st birthday um, on the 26th of July he was killed in a head-on collision mm. on his way to come and collect me yes mm. at that stage um, I had a very young child he was two months old at that stage and so to me this was a huge shock this was almost like how could this happen to me I'm only 20 years old and I had the rest of my life ahead of me this is something that shouldn't have happened to me why not my great-grandmother who's 93 years old she's lived her life and these were the questions that I was asking. Mm. Needless to say, I must admit that a whole bunch of beautiful, beautiful women took me under their wing and they were a lot older than I was at that stage. And they supported me and they encouraged me and they just just helped me through this specific period. And one of them um, actually gave me a message and it was this message that stuck with me all the all the time, but I'd forgotten it. So over the you know, over 20 years or so, I'd forgotten it. Mm. And then in 2009 or 2007, we were almost killed back in South Africa. And as a result, my husband and I decided to make a decision to move all of our children to Australia. We'd never been to Australia before. We'd never seen it. We'd only researched it on the internet. And um, this was a big decision. I had a very successful career. I was um, nominated as South African Businesswoman of the Year for um, corporate client excellence in my industry. I had achieved quite a lot. I was one of the top performers in my, you know, in my industry as well. And I was ambitious, just wanted to 
get to the top at whatever cost. You know, it didn't matter really what the cost was. I just wanted to go, mm. go, go. Mm. And when we had this incident and we just realized how traumatic it was for my family and for my children and my son and a friend of my son's who'd been visiting and he was actually shot in the stomach in my home and my son who was badly injured as well, we just decided, look, we can't carry on living here. My two daughters at that stage were, um, I think, 18 months and about just over 18, um, about two and a half, so they're a year apart. And I just thought, I can't stay in this country. I need we, we need to do something that can either give my children a better opportunity, safety for us, and we didn't know where to go. We researched quite a bit. And when on arriving in Australia in 2009, I think that was the culmination of all of these little bits of courage that had been that I'd been collecting together over the years since a very 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 young age, and uh, we moved. Yeah, and after arriving, about a year after arriving, I found myself totally lost. More so in in the fact that I really didn't know who I was, and I had lost my identity. I didn't have the status of a corporate, you know, huge fantastic corporate position behind me. I didn't have the status of my fancy beautiful Tuscan villa that. I used to live in. I didn't have my maids and my gardeners and my fancy cars and all the money in the bank. I had nothing, mm. absolutely nothing. We moved here, four children, and my husband. With I didn't have a job at that at, at the time, and I, I moved here with three thousand dollars in my pocket. And I think it was that three thousand dollars that made me realize that even though we had little, we were still extremely blessed to be in a beautiful country like Australia. It was incre- it was just incredible to be here. Mm. And that's when the change started setting in. I realized then that I had the golden opportunity to really and truly find myself, to redefine who I was, to uncover my purpose in life, what I'm passionate about, and then really put that into play. And all of that has taken an immense amount of courage. And some days I would even say um, shifting from lost confidence to a level of certainty which I never had before. Mm. I, I think that's a beautiful uh, example. Um, you know, whether to to any degree, I think we all experience that sort of thing where at some point, if we're not aligned with our sole purpose, uh, we get stripped away of all those things that we identified who we are with. And often they're the external things, you know, like the good job and, and the house and all of that. And when that's stripped away and you're really faced with nothing, you do come to that point of courage. And I, I wanted to talk to you about that, about do you, um, for me, I feel that courage is something that is just in all of us, but it never really comes out until it, we really need it. And life situations often um, bring that courage up and we build on it and we can expand it. But I think that it's just there and it only comes through when we really need it. Mm-hmm. I agree. I definitely do. I think that we're all born with inherent potential and we're mm. all born with this, all with courage. I just don't think that we tap into it enough mm-hmm. because many times we don't quite know how or we haven't been put into a situation where we've needed to. And it's when you really – and I am sad to say that um, sometimes it is the trauma or it is the the bad experiences in life that do get you go to that place that you need to be deep down inside to be able to tap into that. 
Um, you offer, I think most of our lessons that we learn, that we actually learn in life, are through the mistakes that we make, the um, the trials and tribulations that we go through, and it's through those learnings that we can take and pass on to others. Mm. I know specifically for me, um, I think I've always considered myself a courageous person. Um, perhaps at times I haven't really displayed courage um, in terms of what courage, um, maybe what people would think courage is all about. But courage doesn't have to be loud and it doesn't have to be out there. It mm. can be. Mm. Um, and I heard a quote the other day, it can be that quiet, still voice that says, just take the next step. Mm, I love that. You know? mm. Mm. I wanted to ask you what your definition of courage is because it's quite uh, it's quite out there in um in the world at the moment and especially amongst uh, women groups and women entrepreneurs. There's a lot of talk and even Brene Brown, you know, she really addresses courage and saying, you know, we make the choice of courage over comfort and you know, courage can mean different things to different people. So, yeah, I wanted to ask what your definition of or description of courage is and and expand on that a little bit. All right. I have um, three words that immediately came up when you said that, and mm -hmm. just the three words is vulnerability, confidence, and certainty. And a person would say, oh, but certainty is the same as confidence, and I beg to differ. Mm -hmm. um, I think for me, and I'll just tell you a little story. When I was a very, very young girl, probably around about the age of five or six, my grandfather died. And my grandmother and gran my grandmother and my dad were very, very, very strict people, extremely. They both came out of British descent, so you can imagine the staunch upper lip type person. Mm -hmm. And um, that's a bit stereotypical, <laughs> I, know. I, I know, but, um, you know, that's what I was brought up with. And when um, my grandfather died, my grandmother actually said to me, would you like to go to the funeral? And being little and being curious and wanting to know what it was like and also loving my grandfather, I said yes. And she said, well, you can come, but you cannot cry, okay? Now, to say that to a five or a six-year-old is dreadful. I mean, how can you say to um, uh, you know somebody that's that young, don't cry, when you know that it is an emotional event that you're, that you're going to? Needless to say, I end up going to this funeral. And as I was standing in the middle of my father and my grandmother, I happened to look up at their faces and just see this dead pan look on their face. Absolutely expressionless, no emotion whatsoever. And yet I was down you know, at their knees, basically, and with this lump in my throat the size of a golf ball trying to swallow. And I don't know, um, if Aisha, if you've ever felt so upset that when you try and swallow, the thing mm. in your throat is so big that it almost feels like it is splitting your ears open from intense pain. Mm, you know, uh, yeah. it's that, that feeling. Well, that's what I had. And um, I, yet looking at them, I knew that I just at that stage couldn't cry because I would. it would be not the right thing to do in their eyes. So I was looking for approval at that stage. And so I swallowed that big hard lump and I never cried. I took that into my whole life. Um, and as I grew up, I had formed a belief at the age of five or six that Crying and showing my emotions was a taboo. It was weakness. It was something that I wasn't allowed to do. And um, probably this affected me all my life until I arrived in Tasmania, until I arrived in Australia, when I suddenly realized I had been living with this false um, belief 
that I had formed and created as a very young girl, but I now had the opportunity to change it. That in itself took so much courage because my first step was to open up and become more vulnerable. That's why I chose the word vulnerable because to me vulnerable was that opening up, that almost allowing people to see a little bit deeper into who you are, even though you know there could be judgment or even though you know there could be somebody out there pointing a finger at you as well, but still being prepared to put your heart on the line. And the courage in addition to that comes when you start feeling confident and certain of who you are. And I really think that that comes from a very deep, intense spiritual side mm. when you are 100% certain of who you are as a person. There is no doubt in your mind anymore and there is no more you know, questioning your identity. You've arrived at the place or you are arriving at that specific place and so you're tapping into the certainty of who you are. And that, um, you know, relates into the courage to be able to step out and share your message or build a business or support and encourage somebody else or to do the thing that you're afraid of. And despite the fact that you feel like, oh, what will people say? You still go out there and do it because it's no longer about you, but about the, the message or the, the transformation that you can bring to others through yourself or your story or or through who you've become. Does yeah, that make become, sense? Yeah, it becomes bigger than you. Yes. And it becomes greater than you. And that alone is, um, it almost is like you land in a life raft that is carrying you um, when you give over to the fact that, yeah, it's not just this little me doing it all isolated by myself. And then when you're in alignment with your soul's purpose or your dharma, you do you do actually have that bigger support and you know inside yourself that it is you're doing it for something more than just yourself and it just takes on a completely different dimension it does and um, even growing a business changes because you no longer start you, and i think on the online world you and you know as well you're in the online world mm. you see so many people um, arriving in the um, the feeds and it's a six figure this and a seven figure this and be more visible and get yourself out there and you know all of these things but when you come from the space of just knowing who you are the yes. the feeling of having to push yourself all the time into this visible space is lessened and it it just happens that people start searching you out. It becomes easier. You feel as if um, what you're doing, you're no longer just doing it for the money. In the beginning, it feels like, yes, I've started my business to make money. And yeah, we are. We are in business to make money. But it becomes more than that. It becomes almost like a calling, as if something says to you, do you know what? You have so much more to offer. You have so much more to give. And when you start realizing that, you're um, out there to make a difference to the world and it's in that difference, it's in that you're wanting to make a difference that things start to fall into place mm, and your business becomes so much easier. Totally, I totally agree. I feel like it's you almost become a magnet and instead of like striving and, and pushing and struggling to get things to come into your business, what happens is you become a magnet and you magnetize because you're so in aligned with who you are and your purpose and um, what you want to contribute into the world, that it is like a, mag a magnetic field that occurs around you. 
Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't think that um, as, as and I'm speaking for myself. I don't think that it's possible to be 100% on top form every single day. So there are mm. days where you know I do fall out of sync, and those are the days that I had the wobblies, and those are the days the self doubt creeps in, and those are the days where my confidence takes a little bit of a dip, and I feel like I don't want to be visible, and or somebody may say something to me, and I feel sensitive about that. Mm. But the thing is. It's the awareness that comes with it. It's the fact that even though, you know, my day may not be working out or I may not feel as aligned as what I should be or as what I want to be, I can always start again the next day or make a conscious choice to just step back slightly and then start again. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we do end up being, um, you know, we get out of sync, we get out of alignment, and then we just have to be conscious of that fact that we're not, you know, it's become hard again, we're pushing, we're doing, we're not in flow. And when that happens, to take that step back and say, oh, okay, I need to, I need to get back to where I was again, I need to have this, this inner, this inner peace to be able to get me back onto the road again. And then you do. Mm, Yeah. So what I'm hearing is, is that there's this ability that we have to recognize oh, I'm feeling, you know, this is not feeling right. I feel like I'm really pushing now and I can just step back and, you know, do a little self-care or relax or whatever and and then come back to it again. Absolutely. Um, as an emotional intelligence facilitator, mm. um, I am one of the first steps, one of the first skills that we teach um, in most of our emotional intelligence training is awareness mm. and it's self-awareness. It's becoming aware of your own thought processes and of how you're perhaps perceived by other people in the world as well. And with with that awareness, mm. I think it gives you the opportunity to change things, to make better decisions, to, to choose, to make a choice as to whether something is serving you or not, and then to do something about it. But without awareness, you'd never know. Mm. You know, I think totally it's so important. Mm. I, um, to me, that's very similar to a mindfulness practice because you're just aware and you're conscious of your thought processes, your feelings, uh, your physical sensations, all of it. And you really embrace that and you, you pay attention, mm. basically. You're always paying attention. And paying attention, you get the, the clues and the signs of when you're a little bit off or, you know, what you need to do to take care Absolutely, definitely. And I think mm. if more people, and I actually have a friend who um, we have quite a few conversations about being mindful, and he used to teach a mindfulness practice here as well in Hobart. He's left for London now. But um, I think if we can bring even that mindfulness into corporate or into um, our everyday lives mm. and teach it to our children as well, just to be conscious and to find a quiet still space sometime, just to let the thoughts flow because mm. we're often so busy we don't have the time to take a break to be aware of what we're even thinking ourselves mm. oh I got tingles when you were talking about that just yeah just as you were saying that my whole body went into tingles because um when you said bring it to the corporate world and bring it to children um it just it's a very simple practice but it is so profound and can really help really change the landscape of how we're operating in the world Definitely. Um, so I just wanted to get back a little bit. I love the three words that you came up with, vulnerability and confidence and certainty. Now, I, I, ha- I speak to a lot of women and vulnerability 
Um, it's, you know, it's really come to the table a lot through Brene Brown, but I find that women often, it's so confronting to them to, to let go of that feeling that they have to have it all together, that they have to be perfect, um, and to just let go of that and open up. It is quite a challenge, and I'm wondering if you have anything in your life or that you've worked with other women that could help them take those first steps to really embracing their vulnerability, to really embracing opening up and, um, yeah. Um, that, that is really an interesting question as well. And I think that we could probably have a conversation that would last a few hours around vulnerability because mm. I do think that sometimes vulnerability has been the, the definition of it or what people perceive on vulnerability to be has been skewered slightly, especially on the online world. And I see so many people um, thinking that vulnerability is um, putting up selfies of them lying on their bed um, breastfeeding with their children or like, and there's nothing wrong with that um, at all. You know, they um, or sitting in your PJs working from home and doing that or sitting there without your makeup on. And yes, to a certain extent, that is that is being vulnerable because maybe that is something that you wouldn't normally do. Mm. But I think it has been a little bit overexposed in terms of people are not taking the vulnerability um, to a different extreme where that is not really a vulnerability in my opinion because it doesn't take much to take a photo of you sitting in your pajamas on your bedroom and working and then just flicking it up on social media and you know that's in my opinion I think vulnerability comes when you are ready to share your true inner self with the world and the true inner self means that um, and this is purely my opinion, um, you know, as well. The, the, and it doesn't even mean you're going to go and tell your deepest, deepest, darkest secrets to <laughs> everybody in the world because often we think that that's what vulnerability is. Mm, no. Mm. Vulnerability is you still are able to share your deepest, darkest secrets with your five closest friends, you know, the ones that you can count on your hand because you don't go and, blab, you know, blab your whole life story um, to everybody because there are people who are not appreciative mm. of that specific life story. So you still need to be mindful of who it is that you speak to and to tell your story to and what part of your story you tell to them. That doesn't mean you're hiding it. It just means that maybe at that specific stage, that's not the platform or the time to share those specific things. Mm. vulnerability to me comes from something that's deeper it is showing the real you it is showing the you that says you know what I am opening up the flap to my heart just slightly acknowledging the fact that I could still be hurt by sharing this information with you but in spite of that fact I'm going to do it anyway because the lesson from this that I'm sharing is worth more than the pain that I feel by you judging me. Mm, and so mm. to me, that is incredibly important. Vulnerability isn't a selfie showing you doing whatever. No, vulnerability is knowing that I'm allowing my heart to be seen, but the pain is, is and even though the pain is going to be great in sharing this, that the lesson and the, the transformation and the connection that I'm making with somebody else is worth more than the pain that I will be feeling. Mm. So that, you know, that is specifically, um, you know, the vulnerability part. How can people do this? 
how can people be more vulnerable? I think they can just, you know, for me, I started slowly, very slowly, because I wasn't about to just go and jump in and just reveal everything to me. I needed to know that um, I could trust as well. And so for me, it was learning to trust myself. That was a very, very, very big thing. And coming to a place of acceptance and owning my story. So I would think that um, all of that is really based in identity, knowing who you are, or your beliefs, the good about yourself, the bad, the very, very ugly, and realizing that all of that creates who you are as this person. That, yes, you have added the belief of this is bad or this is good, but that is just a belief that you have because that's what the evidence that you've been stacking up over all these years. And to me, it's like when you come to that place of uncovering your identity within all of this stuff and knowing that you are good at the core, that you have value to offer, that all of these things have created in you character, perseverance, courage, confidence, and all of that stuff, and that it's not really about you, but it's about you doing things for the greater good. You know, I think, um, I can't remember who it was, but somebody said, um, oh, sorry, I, I do remember. It was in my coach training many, many years ago in 2010. said we have the three ecological questions, and those questions are, is it good for you? Is it good for others? And is it good for the greater good? And I like to think of it, if my life story isn't good for me, and it isn't good for others, and it isn't good for the greater good, then don't share it. Mm. But if it is good for you, and it is good for others, and it is good for the greater good, and which generally most of our stories are, then share it, you know? Because um, that's a beautiful tip, yeah, mm. yeah. And so for me, it's it really is. I think the first point is just knowing who you are, uncovering your true identity, um, and and discovering all the bits and the pieces about you that make you whole, mm. and then loving all of those bits and pieces, whether they're nice or not nice. You know, taking all of that into consideration, and once you've done that bit, that that work on yourself, and you are, you know who you are, you're certain of who you are, vulnerability to share and open up becomes a lot easier. Mm. And I really, um, really love that connecting, because I think about this often myself, like, what is courage? And how, you know, what is vulnerability? And, and where does it come from? Where do we find that resilience? And it always harks back to going inside and knowing my true self and I know there's different ways that people connect to that and for me it's being in nature or doing a meditation every day. It doesn't even have to be long, maybe five, ten minutes of just being quiet with myself and just, yeah, coming to that place of trust and acceptance and ownership of, of my life. It is. I think nature is a beautiful way of connecting mm. with self. It, it's almost a grounding experience. And I often um, have, when I drive down the highway or I look out my window and I see the ocean, one of the things that I am constantly reminded of is the vastness and the big, bigness of the world that we actually live in. Mm. And that that feeling of absolute gratitude that spills and washes over me when I see this. So much so that when I first arrived in Tasmania, um, one of the things in 2009 I said to myself was um, never, ever let me forget how 
blessed I am to be here and the ocean will be that constant reminder. And that is one of the reasons why the home that I hope to buy in the next year will um, has to have an ocean view because mm-hmm. to me this is the constant reminder of sometimes it's not even in our own strength that we do this mm-hmm. and that we are constantly blessed. And if we look for those blessings each and every single day, they'll be revealed mm-hmm. all day long. Mm-hmm. And it does connect us to a greater or a bigger picture of who it does. we are. Yeah, Definitely. I love that. Now, um, we're almost out of time, but I really want to ask um, if the listeners are, are interested in your program, the Courage to Bloom initiative, which sounds like a fantastic thing, how would they be able to um, get in touch with you? What's the best way? All right, and I have. Um, I'll give two uh, two specific ways. One of it is through um, through Facebook because obviously I am a social media junkie. <laughs> <laughs> I love social media, and so I can often be found on Facebook under Brenda Ann Siosis, which is my personal my personal Facebook page. But I have a group. And I have the group is called Business by Design for Women in Business. And that is where I connect with um, many times women entrepreneurs and share inspiration, support, encouragement um, with them as well. And the second place is through my website, which is www.brendasiosis.com. And I'll spell the siosis. It is T S I A O U S I S. So www.brendasiosis.com. And there is a contact form on the um, the website or an application for a discovery call. And we can ha- hop on a call, have a wonderful conversation, a cup of tea, virtual tea via Skype <laughs> or any other way, and get to know each other to see if we're a fit to work together. I love it. A virtual cup of tea. I love that. And um, for the listeners, don't worry. I'm going to post those links in the show notes So if you're driving around listening to this, you can always go back to the show notes and those links will be available to you. Perfect. So is there anything else that you would like to um, gift our listeners with today? A little words of wisdom or encouragement? Um, Yes, I think the the thought that just came up now was don't underestimate the power of you. Mm. And... Just on that is that we all have so much inherent potential, but often through life stories and um, events and experiences, a little bit of that is beaten out of us. And it's, it's, but I just want to say it's still there. It is always there. That inherent, inherent potential is still there. Sometimes it takes a little bit of looking. And if you're in that spot right now where you are, doubting your capabilities, doubting who you are, not feeling courageous at all, feeling a little bit vulnerable um, and not quite sure where to start. You know, I would just say don't underestimate the power of you. Go and sit down and write down everything about yourself, your life story, and use it as a cathartic experience to uncover the good and the strengths and the skills about yourself as well. And start with that because you have potential in you. Beautiful. Don't, yeah, don't let it lie dormant because the story that you have in you can be stepping stones for others. Mm. And it's like you said in the beginning, we have those seeds and when we water them, slowly, slowly, they begin to come up out of the ground as little seedlings and then eventually bloom. 
Absolutely. Beautiful, Brenda. Thank you so much. I just thoroughly enjoyed today. I feel so um, expanded in my understanding of courage and vulnerability. And um, I just love the work that you're doing in the world with women. And I wish you all the best success. Thank you very much. And thank you so much for having me on your show. It's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you all for being here today. If you enjoyed the episode, please go to iTunes and give it a review and subscribe. And don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits. And for more information on living a creative life, www.asiakennedy.com.